Hello, everyone. I hope you're well. Um, I might sound a little nasally. I'm a little under the weather. Um, so with that said, I usually say the words um and forget where I'm heading or go on a tangent. So expect this recording to be a little bit more haphazard. But um, I wanted to make it just while the topic was still fresh in my mind. So I'll try to just get straight to it. I wanted to talk about, you know, I wanted to talk about um, being a victim to your own success and, you know, what that can look like in my experience. And this sounds so braggy that, you know, victim to your own success, what does that mean, right? It, it, am, I, you know, I, am I so successful that it, it's become burdensome? That's not really the case. But I'll go into it and kind of explain, you know, what does that mean exactly? So I have acquaintances, you know, friends or maybe former friends, I guess. Um, you know, I, I currently live in the you know tri-state and um, I've spent a good chunk of my life here. I don't want to say my whole life because that's not, that wouldn't be true, but maybe a quarter of my life, I guess, has been spent here. And, you know, recently I was just uh, socializing and what have you, running into old friends from the college days, from the high school days. And, um, you know, they know what I'm up to because we have each other on LinkedIn and the Facebook and the Instagram and all these social media uh, apps. You know, we, we keep up to date. Even if we don't talk, we kind of know peripherally, uh, you know, what, what other people are up to and, you know, stuff like that. I know this person has, had, you know, has a family. This one has a new baby. This one got married, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I'm at this gathering and, and, you know, someone I used to be friends with kind of made some disparaging remarks when other people were kind of, you know, really excited for me, really excited for what I'm up to, what, what I have planned, you know, what I've done so far, what I intend to do. And, you know, this guy, he made some, he made some remarks and the problem with his remarks was not that they bothered me in that moment. But they did eat at me later on. And I think we can all really uh, empathize with that. We've all been there where someone says something and in the moment it doesn't necessarily hit you. And then later on, you kind of go like, you know, I don't like the way that conversation kind of went. Um, and the reason this kind of hurt was um, I've actually heard what he said has actually been echoed, you know, throughout the years. I have heard other people say what he was saying or share his sentiment. So, you know, people are just giving me props or congratulations or kudos and what have you. And it's not that I'm trying to, you know, make the get together about me. I'm not, I'm not trying to shine a spotlight on, on my career. I will, you know, I will share my career with people if we're being introduced, but it's not something I like to talk about. Um, and likewise, I'll do it if, if I want to offer my services to someone or if I want to provide, whether it's coaching, you know, prof personally or pro professional consulting, you know, services, you know, then I'd like to explain like who I am and, and, my credentials, but otherwise it's really, you know, at a social event, there's no reason for you to kind of tick off, you know, your whole career and, and, and stuff. But um, he just made some comments about, uh, you know, how I'm not really as accomplished as I make myself out to be. And I knew immediately what he was talking about. Um, so this acquaintance is a senior business analyst um, at a major, major, 
um, healthcare company or healthcare system, I guess. And he's he's been that he's you know we go all the way back to high school, so he's been there, um, you know, for almost about a, you know, I've known him since high school, and I know this was actually one of his first jobs, if not the first job, and he's been there for at least a cool decade. Uh, some time ago, when his family was getting bigger, um, you know, kids are entering the picture. He did reach out to me when I was in a C-level capacity, and he asked me for help. He asked me for help in the sense that, um, you know, he'd gotten some, some, some training. He'd gone through some professional development. Um, basically, he wanted to leave, you know, the senior business analyst role that he was in for the last, you know, three, four years, and he wanted something bigger in a company that I was at. And seeing that I was at the C-level, he thought I could make that happen. And suffice to say, if he's making disparaging remarks or kind of talking under his breath at, at you know, a recent gathering, um, things did not go his way. Things did not go his way for the reason that I, there was a huge disconnect between what he wanted from me and what, you know, he, he was qualified for. I can't take a senior business analyst and suddenly make them, you know, head of acquisitions, right? Um, I can't, uh, make them, you know, manager for, you know, IT, um, you know, IT acquisitions or give them some portfolio in my company that just, there is nepotism. There are people who do favors for friends, but, you know, the CIO is not really as nearly a powerful title as people think. Um, I've been at companies where, you know, the CIO is making, you know, a quarter million, the CEO is making you know two million, and then the CEO has bonuses that go on for days. Some of them are more than the CIO makes in a year, right? I know a CEO whose base salary was two million, and then if you look at all the other and you know long-term incentives and and stock options and bonuses, they actually came out to about another one point eight. So you have a CEO who's walking with about four million dollars, and then you know the CIO, his his base salary was actually around three hundred k, but you know, even with bonuses, you know, bonuses might be like 60K, right? So for 300, it takes you up to 360. Um, so you compare them to, it's not even really, you know, CEOs making like 11, 12 times what the, uh, what the CIO makes, all right? Same goes for the CFO, the CMO. Um, these are just titles that are a little bit more public, a little bit more known. And for better or for worse, you know, CFO and CEO tend to make off like bandits, Um now, whether or not they should, you know, that's that's a topic for another time. But, you know, the CIO is not this uh, this powerful entity that people think it is, at least, you know, this acquaintance. So he kind of changed the air a little bit, made it a little bit more tense. He kind of talked about like, no, Muhammad's not not as important as he makes himself out to be. You know, he couldn't even get me like a simple job. And I didn't I didn't appreciate that. I didn't appreciate that because. His ask was massive. It did not fit his credentials. He, even if I got him an, you know, a conversation, I could have absolutely got him an interview. But I don't want to get someone an interview where they have a decade of experience. They've had like maybe two, three roles at the same system, right? You know, junior analyst, business analyst, one, you know, senior business analyst, three, whatever. Um, if you can't sell yourself, first of all, the way he conducts himself, the way he sells himself is he lacks a little bit of confidence, just enough that I know he can't really drive it home. So there's that issue with the confidence and the interviewing style. And also just on paper, he can't speak intelligently about 
anything meaningful that would justify him going from senior business analyst to, you know, director, VP, head level. Um, it just wasn't there, right? The math wasn't mathening, I think is the saying. I heard that recently and it's, it's very funny. Um, that's just all it was, right? So, you know, some time ago we explored making this happen. He reached out to me. He wanted some help. I tried. Um, I had some lower level roles that, you know, um, some team team lead, even like a, a project manager role. Um, he wasn't he wasn't at all interested. He really wanted this huge jump, and he thought um, not only did he want this huge role, he 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 shut me down when I offered these sort of substitutes that were more adequate and appropriate for you know again his experience, um, his seniority at his enterprise. Uh, he shut me down, but also he he seemed almost insulted when I told him that um, you know I secured interview. He thought it was just kind of I'll invite him to the office and he'll be you know he'll bring his passport, bring his social security card, you know proofs of identity, and start filling out the forms, and then you know I'll be showing him to his office. Me personally, I'll I will escort him and make it all make it all happen. And you know, I don't know if this is just maybe. I, I've heard that this is how things are supposed to work as a first-gen American. I have since matured, obviously. Growing up, I thought, you know, um, you know, people could just give each other jobs and companies. That is obviously not the case. It's very rare that that happens. Um, he seemed to operate under that assumption, which is unfortunate. And it does suck that, you know, the friendship is strained, or I don't even know if I should say there is a friendship. And I didn't, I didn't like that, you know, he kind of made these disparaging remarks because I, I've done nothing to him. I did try to help him. Um, but if you haven't accomplished a lot professionally, um, I don't like that it suddenly becomes a penalty for me that I'm not able to sell you when you can't even sell yourself for, you know, better opportunities. And then, you know, he kind of didn't stop. You know, then he um, he starts talking about, like, how it's so weird that we started working around the same time and then I'm at a certain level and he's at a certain level. Um I was able to kind of respond very quickly just because other people are listening and I want them to be educated. I didn't speak up when he kind of made these remarks about how I couldn't get him a job because I said, you know, he needs some catharsis, let him talk himself out. Hopefully he'll just shut up. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe he's had too much to eat or drink or something. Um, well, he was also Muslim, so maybe I shouldn't say drink or make that joke. Um, but maybe he had too much sugar. That 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 could have been a you know a good a good rationale. So I said let him just talk himself out. I don't I don't want to get into a fight with someone. This is just it's not a proper occasion, right? This is a social event. People are trying to be happy and relaxed. You have to kind of pick when you want to correct someone and when you want to let them punch themselves out. So when he was going on about how I couldn't help him and maybe I'm not as important as I say I am, maybe I'm just you know important on paper and on real life. I said you know whatever, just talk yourself out. I'm just gonna. You know, enjoy my samosas and drink some drink some milk. And then he kind of mentions how it's almost suspicious, you know, my my trajectory, how it's weird that he has been, you know, a good employee for a decade and he's at, you know, this senior BA level, and then suddenly I'm, you know, he said stuff like pretending to be a CIO, claiming to be CIO. Uh, you know, I told him like I I credit job hopping with um, why I've been able to move up so quickly. And I said, also, it helps if um, you just have large ownership over your work. Like whenever, whenever I was at a company, I would always make sure that I became valuable to that company. And, and this is the more important part. I know how to sell myself. 
I know how to speak intelligently about the value that I bring and the value that my past projects, my accomplishments, they have had a value for my company. And I can tell them where I have taken the company personally. Uh, my presence in my current employer enhanced their ability to operate, their ability to deliver. Um, and just interviewing well, having a good resume, um, and just not just clocking and clocking out, but making the most of each opportunity. Um, all of these things, they have a value and they will help you move up. And other people present have been job hopping. I mean, some of them do it every two to three years, not every year like like me, um, a little, little bit of an edge case. But he just had an axe to grind. And I can tell when someone is open to a dialogue and I can tell when someone's eyes are glazed over and they're just talking at me, they're not talking to me, or they're not in a headspace where they're looking for any sort of counterpoint or input. Now, lucky for me, the people who are present are all very mature. They're all very accomplished. They're all very mature and educated. They can see what I was seeing, which was they could see this guy has some personal issue, and he's just saying things thinking it's embarrassing me, but it's not embarrassing me because the other people present are actually better acquaintances or friends. And they know, first of all, why I'm more successful than him. And likewise, they also know why I wasn't able to help him um, because he did ask some of them as well. But unlike my case where I actually tried to offer help, they just told them right away, no, there's just no opening, which even if there were, um, maybe that's a smarter strategy. If they see someone who isn't qualified for a certain role, They'll just tell them, oh, no, that's not, you know, that's that role is on the website, but it's not it's been closed or it's been filled. Right? It's not even available with me. I, I told them, oh, that job is available. You're just not good enough, which maybe given his maturity, given his headspace, given how he takes things very personally, kind of bruised his ego. Uh, I should, you know, take that approach in the future. if I can see that that's sort of. Um, the better way to deliver bad news to someone, right? So if someone comes to me and says, hey, is this job available? I'll probably say, no, it's it's not available. Um, unless I know they're qualified, in which case I will tell them, yes, it is available, right? Just to prevent myself from future headaches. So this is, you know, one example I wanted to share where when you're successful, but you're not able to elevate others, it can cause conflict, you know, with your high school friends, your college friends, your early career work friends, um, you know, this is a problem and it's not a nice feeling. It's not a nice feeling because uh, I don't want to say that I, <laughs> it, it sounds almost braggy, right? That people just dislike me. Um, but it, it's not a good feeling, right? Um, some people enjoy having haters. Some people say that, you know, people dislike you because of what you've accomplished and you're doing something right. I don't like that. I, I don't personally believe that. I think having people dislike you is honestly, it's a nuisance. It's a nuisance because right here, I'm just trying to, you know, enjoy some food, catch up with some people. You know, we've been dealing with COVID, so I'm socializing, which is not something I, I often do, and I haven't been able to do as much because of COVID. So for me to have that kind of interrupted by a, a negative Nancy or negative Nelly, I don't know what the saying is exactly, you know, that's not a pleasant feeling. I don't look at it as sort of clout that, oh, my God, I have someone who hates, you know, hates me, is jealous. I don't even like to describe him in that way, right? Because it's, the situation is unfortunate. I, I don't like if someone 
has an issue or if someone is jealous. I don't like to say, oh, he's just jealous. That's just, um, you know, if the person's situation is unfortunate, I don't even like to mention it or, or think about it or, or say anything in public or even private because that's just not that's just not a mature way, way to speak about people or, or handle those situations. So that's, you know, that's one, one situation where, uh, at least in recent events, my, my success has kind of, you know, caused some, some strife in my personal life. Um, then there's another example. There's another example where a friend of mine, she's a, um, you know, she lives, she lives, uh, you know, somewhere, somewhere nearby. I haven't, I haven't, you know, caught up with her in a couple of years. Um, a couple of years ago, she wanted my help getting into a company that I was at. And this was actually a little bit of a different situation versus, you know, the guy I, I recently mentioned, um, because she actually had the degree that made her qualified for the job she was looking for. And she actually had the experience. However, however, the company I was working at was very formal. She was working at a company that had sort of been informal. And as a result, there were some bad practices, um, bad practices in the way that, you know, the way she documented things was a little lackluster. The way she spoke, she, she really overshared, right? She overshared, which was a problem, you know, um, like if she interviewed, she would say, please, like, I need this job. You know, um, my, my dad is really sick. Like I take care of my parents, um, which is, which is honorable, but it's not, the interviewee, the, your company, they don't, first of all, they don't care. Um, and second of all, they don't want or need to know that, right? That actually doesn't, that oversharing doesn't look good. You know, telling a company you're desperate for the job is not a good look. It's not helpful. If anything, the company will be concerned because, A, you overshare, which, you know, how how much oversharing do you do, right? Can they trust you with information? Are you going to overshare with customers? overshare with your coworkers, make them uncomfortable. This, these are things that companies think about. So, uh, you know, one issue is that I did observe that some of her professional habits or practices were a little bit lackluster, a little bit lacking. I knew that if I brought into my company, we just have a certain way of doing things and we can train her, but, but, um, there's a little less leeway for higher level roles and the role she was looking for. I mean, she's coming in with master's level education. She's coming in with six years of experience and, you know, she wants to run the PMO and she actually was on paper, very accomplished. She could speak intelligently, um, on projects, but, but you had to keep the conversation limited. Right. So the first thing she had going for her was, you know, she's, she has issues with her documentation and also her communication style. She, she she could be a little bit strange with the communication. For example, if she was speaking to someone she didn't know, she was very um, to the point, very curt, very concise, and that's great. But then I would see how she spoke to um, coworkers she was close to, and there's a lot of just, um, I don't know, I, I don't want to say just, you know, yik, yeah, yapping or, or just talking there's there a lot of nonsense um so that you know that was something that was concerning for me because in, in my company um being able to communicate you know with stakeholders with peers if, you know other resources a lot of the time you won't know the person on the other end of the email or the team's message and if you're going to be one way with them but then you you, you talk sort of more casually to people you know <clears throat> that doesn't that doesn't really bode well right like those professional boundaries just weren't there with her because the atmosphere, the culture that her company had cultivated was sort of a little bit startup, um, 
kind of like a startup, which is why when, you know, the way she approached problems you know, with documentation or solutions was a little bit kind of haphazard because it was run a little bit like a startup. Then the way she communicated was also a little haphazard. The oversharing, I think, was also maybe the culture there was very friendly. But, um, you know, I remember I'm coaching her and whenever, you know, if she had an interview while I was coaching her, I would observe her interview and I was just shocked at, you know, how much she was sharing. Um, and that, you know, that was a problem. Um, you know, and finally, like, you know, I'm trying to train her, trying to set her up to interview well with my company. Um, she just shared something about how there's some, you know, financial difficulties and whatnot that she's going through. And she asked me, and this is where it gets a little bit difficult. She asked me, um, you know, the salary range, because I knew it internally what the salary range was. She asked me the salary range, like definitively. She didn't want to range. She wanted me to tell her the max. And she asked me how she could, you know, get the most out of the company. So this friend has approached me and I'm coaching them. I observe them in their professional workplace, you know, kind of shadow them a little bit so I could tell them where they need to improve. And, you know, on paper, she has a degree, she has experience, looks good on paper, but then real life is really not matching up to how the resume sells her. Um, and that was a little inappropriate where she's asking me to kind of tell, you know, teach her or help her get the most out of my company. I do like to tell people how to handle salary negotiations. So I told her that um, I can give you advice on how to counter an offer, but I cannot, I cannot tell you how high to counter, right? Um, I cannot tell you the maximum range. That's just, that's just something that's confidential to, to my company. Just because I can access that information doesn't mean I should be giving it to you, right? We, we might be friends, but I already, just by giving you uh, help with your with your interviews just by telling you you know where you need to work on yourself professionally even personally um, you know stop oversharing stop sharing certain details stop talking to some of your coworkers as though you're friends like it you want to get into the mindset of talking to coworkers like they are coworkers because you don't want to get a new job and God forbid you fall into an old habit and you know you say hey what's up it's nobody wants to hear that. Right. Or, or, or you just using slang or, or, or shorthand or, you know, taking out your phone and showing them the latest, uh, I don't know, Instagram video. Like these these habits are something that I'm worried about bringing into my workplace because I can't have you at my company. I don't want to bring you in. Not for the reason that, oh, you're not good enough, but I want to set you up for success. And the way you kind of just approach your professional life right now, um, you're not going to be able to work in my company. My company is a little bit, not just cutthroat, um, you know, it's a little bit competitive. And also there's a lot of old behaviors in place, right? You know, good morning, sir. Good morning, madam. Like that's how some of us greet each other in management. <laughs> Emails are like one sentence. They're not these long, long stories about how I need to leave early on a Friday because there's, you know, the home taker who takes care of my parents is not available and I need to do I am sympathetic to you, your situation, your need to elevate your lifestyle as well as that of your parents. You can take care of them and all that stuff. But that's not something that you want to bring into the interview. And she would ask me, like, hey, how can I better sell my parents, you know, sob story or situation? And I'm like, that's none of that. There's no script I can give you because if I give you a script, it's going to be a blank piece of paper. Please just don't do any of this. 
So, you know, that, that was someone who was interested in joining my company. I did try to offer her some help. Um, she had a lot to work on, but ultimately I, I told her, look, if you, if you want to throw your hat into the ring, I will set up the interview. So I set up the interview. Um, she went through a few rounds, but uh, eventually HR ghosted her and HR reached out to me and they told me, you know, she's a little bit like, they told me, hey, this person was sharing all this sort of personal information. And they said, like, we just got uncomfortable, right? Like we, you know, she had a degree from a very, very top-notch school. Um, if I had to tell you where it was, uh, let's just say it's one of the one of the top 10 schools in the U.S. So that's an incredible degree. Um, and the company she was working for was, you know, it, it actually was um, kind of well-known in the, in the market that I was working in. Um, so it wasn't like a fang company, but, uh, if you had like a longer acronym, um, I believe that th this company would actually fall into that acronym. I know there's Fang and, and Manga and A plus, and I don't know, a, a myriad of other, other companies. Um, I, but I think what her company was probably like one of the top 20 in terms of growth and, and, uh, just being in the news, like every other week with their expansion and, and what have you. So a lot of people are you know, benefiting from the services and, you know, I did my part. Um, I'm sorry, she wasn't able to get the job, but I know that sometime after I heard that she was saying things that were a little untrue behind my back. Um, I think she was under the impression that I set up the interview for her to her face and then behind her back, I was sabotaging her. Um, and then she would tell people the things that I had said to her in confidence, which was meant to be for her professional growth, which was, um, you know, I told her HR or your inter people interviewing you, people at work don't care about your family situation, you know, your parents' health. And then the way she told the story to other people was, oh, Muhammad said, nobody cares about my parents, right? The fact that they're sick, the fact that she's like, oh, he said, nobody cares about them. I'm like, okay, that's not great, right? Then I had given her some advice that, you know, the way she approaches work is a little bit... Um, it's not really mature. And she's like, oh, he says I'm immature and I don't know how to do my job. And just the way she spoke about me and how I tried to help her after was, again, kind of alienated me from some people. Um, not people I was particularly close to, more like acquaintances who saw me a little differently. They saw me as someone who was, I guess, trying to undermine her, who wasn't a, a healthy presence in her life. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a real friend to her. That friendship dissolved real quick. I was actually happy because um, it was just... A, very high maintenance um but you know it is unfortunate because i i do try to refer people i do try to coach people i actually um on my fiverr i provide you know um career guidance you know telling people helping people you know, develop a plan for how to get into a certain job because some people want to become pro program managers and that's sort of you know that is their aspiration that is their goal that's where they want to go you know, some people want to be VP of product. That is where they want to go. Some people just want to be a scrum master, right? And I help develop plans. That's one service I offer. It's not one of, it's not a professional service, right? It's, it's sort of one of the personal services I offer where I will help people with, you know, career guidance. Um, I also help people with developing their resume because that's really, that's the first thing people see, right? I mean, it's, it's like your name. When you when you meet someone for the first time, all they know is your name. When you interview or apply to a company, right, all they know is your resume. They don't know anything else about you. Um, I provide you know interview interview prep, so I I will drill people. Um, you know, 
have five, 10, 15 mock interviews. And then right after the interview, I'll tell them, hey, you need to work on this, this, this. For example, you go into a lot of details on this question. You talked for four minutes. And then on this question, you're only able to give me like a one minute answer. Um, consistent, you know, talking for a consistent amount of time for each answer is actually beneficial to you. Um, being able to talk intelligently or go into deeper, you know, um, deeper details on certain questions is beneficial for you. You need to work on your posture. You need to work on your language. You're saying, I think, or I assume you say that too much. You need to use definitive language. You need to sound like you are an authority. You know what you're talking about. Because if there's too much guesswork in the interview, um, that doesn't fill us with confidence. That doesn't help sell you. So, you know, I provide, I provide all of these services and, um, you know, when I, when I, when I hear people saying that, uh, oh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't help or he didn't do this for me or that for me. I know that that's just nonsense, right? These are people who I tried to help. And these are just a few examples. Throughout the years, there are people who have come to me for help. And again, they just think I can grease the wheels, um, give them some sort of keys to the kingdom or, or just show them their office. That's not, that's not what I can do at all. The CIO, the VP, um, director, these I've never held a title where I was in a position that I could just give someone a job. Maybe I could have hired someone as like an analyst, but no one has ever come to me for that job that, hey, I'd love to be an analyst. I'd love to be, you know, a scrum master. These sort of roles are ones that I could help people get. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of share two instances where, you know, my success kind of worked against me. Um, and honestly, even just helping people or trying to be a good Samaritan worked against me. Um, with that said, it hasn't made me jaded. I'm not going to be any less helpful. Um, but if you do try to help someone professionally, just know that, um, you know, there are horror stories out there where it can go wrong.